and we're live. Welcome back for another episode on Coffee with Craner. Today, I'm joined by the voice of businesses in Windsor, Essex, Rakesh Nadu. He's the president and CEO of the Windsor, Essex Regional Chamber of Commerce and also the founder of iWork. He serves as a board member for the Windsor, Essex Children's Aid Foundation and also a board member for the Canada United States Business Association. And as a volunteer, he works as a teacher for the Art of Living, where uh, he practices yoga and um, other types of stress reducers and stress elimination and meditation. So Rakesh, thanks so much for being here on the show. Thanks, Lyndon. Thanks for having me here. I've uh, only heard good things about your show. I've followed it uh, in the last several months, and I want to congratulate you. It's, uh, I was looking forward to being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And Rakesh, we talked about this a bit earlier, but my favorite question on the show is relating to coffee or tea. And you mentioned being a chai tea fan. Where in Windsor, Essex is your favorite place to get chai tea? Well, there are several places, but I have to say that uh, one place which makes really good chai tea is Anchor Coffee Shop. So uh, that's that's my favorite, but I'm sure there are others as well. Yes, yes. Uh, Anchor might be the, the first time it's it's been mentioned on the show, so I, I'm glad. It's a favorite of mine as well. You should try it out there. Yes, definitely. And, and for folks watching, if you do have any questions, please feel free to enter it uh, in the comment section throughout the live show. But we'll get started with the first question, Rakesh. And um, I want to know really how have you how have you seen your members um, in specific, specifically their businesses? How have you seen that change really throughout the pandemic? Yeah, you know, um, the businesses, as as you know, have gone through a lot, right? It's been uh, quite a ride, uh, a roller coaster ride, you know, if I can put it that way. So, um, you know, as as we got into the situation, it was early on. Uh, Quite, uh, quite a bit of confusion uh, in terms of uh, how they should uh, conduct business. You know, they wanted to know more about um, the lockdown and what kind of restrictions uh, they have to abide by. Uh, there was also a lot of confusion in terms of what is considered as essential versus non-essential, uh, who is categorized as an essential worker and who is not, and who's allowed to do what, who's allowed to cross the border, who's not allowed to cross the border. So. Um, there were quite a few things that the businesses uh, were challenged with. And then as we, you know, uh, got deeper into it, uh, the whole uh, challenge of ensuring that everybody has the, the PPEs, um, because as you know, that uh, we had uh, some serious challenges with uh, accessing PPEs. And uh, that also created an opportunity for some of our businesses to get into that uh, space. Uh, but it was, uh, how do we access those PPEs? And then once we had a certain handle on those issues, uh, and as some of our companies pivoted, you know, to manufacture some of those PPEs and medical devices and so on, we got to a phase where it was more about, okay, how do we really sustain ourselves? Uh, and that was about, um, you know, that was the time when we started really focusing on, even as a chamber in terms of uh, how do we really bring uh, the relief measures that the federal government and the provincial government has been working on to the businesses, you know, so info on the programs. Uh, and, and we also were extremely involved uh, and extremely diligent in terms of taking the inputs from our businesses and then providing it uh, to those policymakers and, and those uh, uh, people responsible for development of new programs. Uh, so there was a great deal of input from the entire chamber network that went into it. Uh, and then as you know, as, as we started uh, getting some, some help, some support uh, 
uh, we wanted to make sure that we have a great deal of local support, you know. So how do we really, as a region, how do we, uh, you know, uh, join hands and uh, provide the, the relief that has been needed? And there have been several measures that were taken. Uh, there was uh, a task force that was created by the Economic Development Corporation and several other businesses, uh, several other agencies joined that. Uh, and the Chamber of Commerce uh, was responsible for one of the, uh, we were chair of one of the task force, which was to do with uh, retail and professional businesses. Uh, so yeah, there were uh, quite a few things that were, uh, uh, that was put in place and that was needed. Uh, and then, um, you know, being a border region, uh, issues related to the border came up quite a bit uh, in terms of, you know, what is allowed to move uh, across the border, what is not, who is allowed, who's not, um, and the challenges of having the border closed for the last 12 months. Um, so, yeah, uh, quite a few things that the businesses needed. And um, I have to say that uh, uh, the various levels of government, uh, federal, provincial, local, and a lot of agencies uh, have worked uh, quite collaboratively, I have to say, uh, to provide help and support. And now going into the lockdown, we're like the very first lockdown, like, and, 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 uh, last year, what did you see that, how did the businesses react to that? And what did they go to the chamber for? Yeah, you know, so the, the chamber, as, as you uh, pointed out right in the intro, you know, we are the voice of the business. So we uh, take inputs from the business in terms of what are their key requirements? Uh, how can we be of help? What are some of the ways in which we can help shape policies and programs, and grants, uh, so that it can be of most use to them, you know. So we've continued to advocate on their behalf, uh, whether that is advocating for uh, wage subsidy right in the beginning. You know, we had, uh, it started off with uh, Canada offering a certain level of wage subsidy, which wasn't enough. Uh, so, you know, the Chamber Network, we were very active and engaged to ensure that the wage subsidy is brought up to a certain level, and, and it was up to uh, 75%, which was, I think very much needed and, and the businesses really appreciated that. Uh, and then whether it was advocating for rent relief, um, increasing the eligibility of uh, businesses to get the max rent relief possible, changing uh, requirements and eligibility criteria when it comes to CBA, the Canada Emergency Business Account, uh, or whether it's got to do with border restrictions or border closure, uh, or whether it's got to do with the in inequity between uh, the large big box stores and the small businesses and where the small businesses uh, were asked to close down, but some of the large uh, big box stores were allowed to remain open and, and yet to offer some, uh, be able to sell some non-essential items. Uh, so there were several things uh, that the chamber took on uh, so that we could be there to help the businesses. Uh, and some of these issues I mentioned, uh, but we, we were very much engaged in the uh, development of many of the programs, uh, not just the our, our regional chamber here, but the chambers across the country, uh, province and across the country. So we provide a ton of uh, input in the development of programs. We also work very closely with the health unit, um, you know, uh, which uh, has done a, a phenomenal job. You know, it's not an easy time. Uh, but uh, they've done really well and uh, the chamber worked very closely with them. Um, and if you recollect, we we developed, um, you know, uh, with the health units, uh, the safe reopening checklist uh, so the business can open uh, safely, you know, when we were allowed to do that. And then we, you know, we offered uh, a ton of uh, webinars. We 
almost approximately about 35, 38 webinars were offered. And these were on topics that would be of interest and benefit to the businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, so we took inputs from our members on what are the things that they would like to hear, uh, what are some of the things that they would like to benefit from, what are some of the programming that they would like to, you know, to at this point of, uh, you know, during the situation, they desperately needed, you know, to learn more about uh, mm -hmm. or more of. Uh, so we provided that kind of inputs and brought in experts, uh, you know, industries, uh, various sector experts, uh, subject matter experts. We brought in uh, quite a few uh, senior leaders from both the federal party and the provincial party. Um, so, you know, there was there was uh, a lot of things that the chamber offered to its member. And uh, this was a time when the chamber, like every other organization that is there to support businesses, had to step up, had to be there for our businesses because we knew uh, that no matter how much effort we put in, it is not going to be enough uh, because the businesses are we're in, and are still in such a dire situation that no matter what kind of effort you put and what kind of assistance you you offer them, uh, it just is not going to be um, you know as as much as is required. Uh, mm -hmm. So we we were there for the business. We are still continuing to offer that. And as part of what we do, uh, we've offered two uh, very interesting programs: the Shop YQG, which is to support local companies and to you know to encourage people to buy locally, and now very recently the Dine YQG, which is to support the the restaurant sectors by yeah. encouraging people you know to uh, to get to uh, you know to order from the local restaurants. Yes, and no, definitely, it's been a challenging time for for any business, and uh, I'm glad that those resources are available for for small business owners and, and, and large business owners in the, in the Windsor Essex community. What would you say you've learned from, from this experience being in your leadership role? Well, uh, what I've learned is that, um, you know, businesses, uh, business owners, uh, they are made up of steel. Uh, you know, there is so much resilience in the community. And I know that we often talk about that, that we are such a resilient community. But this is, you know, a time when we experience experiences firsthand. Um, also, being in a position where you see firsthand in terms of how devastating it has been for a lot of businesses. You know, knowing people, your friends, uh, some of them, some of business owners whom you know very closely, whom with whom you worked, uh, you know, for quite some time see you know how their life savings uh, were completely wiped away or seeing you know they lose their business uh, or or seeing that the helplessness um, you know that that has been that has been quite a challenging thing uh, so what what we've learned is that uh, we had you know and and this is an opportunity for us to look into what are some of the ways in which we can pivot businesses and how quickly we can do and what are some of the ways in which we can innovate and that again is an often used term and maybe an overused term but this is a time when uh, one really realized that uh, you know if one has to survive uh, one has to become more resilient. Uh, one has to figure out a way uh, to just hang in there. Uh, one has to innovate. One has to pivot. One has to look at new business models. So there are a lot of learnings uh, for us as a chamber uh, because, you know, we reflect what happens with our business community and with our business members. Uh, so for us, it has been the same. You know, for us, it has been a very challenging journey as well. Yes. And, and Rakesh, um, for those that are watching, uh, Rakesh is the uh, founder of iWork. Let's talk about this a little bit. Um, 
how how's your business really changed uh, because of the pandemic? Well, you know, the iWork tool was something that uh, we created because there was such a disconnect between, uh, and I'm talking of pre-COVID, um, uh, there was such a disconnect between employers that were looking for uh, employees and job seekers who were looking for uh, for for uh, some gainful employment or for some uh, gig jobs and short-term jobs, part-term jobs. It was such a big disconnect. Uh, so we thought that um, there is a way to, to make that connection work more effectively, and that was through use of uh, technology. So we, you know, we uh, developed an app. Uh, a couple of my friends joined hands and said, well, let's use technology. So uh, we use AI and machine learning, and through that, we are now able to, in real time, uh, match job seekers with uh, uh, with employers. Uh, so we call it uh, just-in-time on-demand recruiting tool. So this tool uh, is is very good when there are jobs out there. Uh, but you know, as uh, COVID shut down businesses, shut down industry. Uh, and you know, and it was not possible to go and work for someone for whether it's part-time or short-term work because of the restrictions. You know, it clearly affected uh, this business and the business model. Uh, so just like any other business, you know, uh, I work uh, suffered through this uh, time. Uh, but as things recover, as you know, as we recover, as we reopen, there is going to be a need. Uh, we are going to be able to get back to where we were and hopefully even better uh, as compared to pre-COVID level. And I think that's a time when this tool will be uh, quite useful for businesses to find the right talent in the right time. Definitely. And what are some, I guess, with, with iWork, uh, especially now, I think I saw online, um, somebody can even have a job as, as um, shoveling snow, simple as that, on, on this platform. Yeah, you know, uh, just-in-time recruiting tool, and, and it is for gig jobs. So whether it is shoveling snow, whether you want to have, uh, you know, your garage cleaned or, you know, someone to come and paint your house, from small things like this to, you know, whether you're looking for a part-time person or for a full-time person with a with some specific skills at a certain time, you know, all of that is possible. So the versatility of the tool and, and what it does is, is really uh, significant. Uh, it uh, makes hiring very easy. You know, it completely turns the notion of, uh, of hiring through the traditional channel where someone puts in an ad out and then uh, gives a certain time for people to respond back and send resumes and then screen them and then call for interview. You know, all of that is great, but then when you need someone in the next 15 minutes or next hour or for the next five days, uh, though, you know, that traditional way of recruitment doesn't work. Uh, and that's where, you know, I, I work um, is, is, a, is a big help and uh, is a tool that can be very useful. Yes. And would you say a lot of just because the majority of people that that watch my show or what my show is aimed towards is emerging leaders. Do you see a lot of students in, in university or college using this platform? Uh, yeah, you know, time jobs. Yeah, that, well, I have to share here that the inspiration actually came from students uh, because, you know, we uh, both uh, both of the other co-founders, you know, they are uh, Dr. Bharat Maheshwari and uh, uh, Harpreet Virk. Uh, they are both professors. Uh, one is at the uh, University of Windsor, uh, the Otis School of Business, and the other teaches at St. Clair College. Both of them are, are very engaged with the student community and are, are uh, really 
uh, coming from this piece of how do we really help them? Uh, so that's how you know we all you know got together and said we need to do something with the students and find a way for them for them to connect with job opportunities. That's how it started, and now it has grown into you know offering all kind of jobs, uh, not just to students but to anyone that is looking for some jobs. Definitely sounds like a, a great platform, Rakesh. Thanks for sharing that. And I uh, encourage those watching to definitely check it out and um, see if there's some type of uh, real-time job available for you. Uh, Rakesh, moving over to in Innovative Solutions, what type of innovation have you seen in your role as CEO at the Windsor-Essex Regional Chamber of Commerce throughout the pandemic? Well, um, you know, they say that um, uh, necessity is mother of invention, right? Um, but at this time, uh, necessity is also challenges to become more innovative uh, in it is uh, come from all different kind of uh, quarters you know uh, I mentioned about how resilient our community is I and I'll also add that we are also very innovative many things that we do in our core businesses uh, we are so innovative, but we don't necessarily brag about it. We don't necessarily talk about it. But what we do here, some some very innovative solutions get applied to many different industries. And we, we give birth to so much innovation uh, out here. And we saw that in action, you know, as things change, as we needed, you know, whether it was PPEs that needed to be made, uh, whether it is, you know, medical devices, or parts for ventilators, uh, our companies really stepped up and came up with some very innovative solutions, whether it was, you know, on manufacturing of, of hand sanitizers, uh, PPEs, um, you know, uh, components for that would that go, uh, went into ventilators, or whether it was, you know, development of, uh, of e-commerce platforms, or whether it was tools that was needed for tracing and tracking, uh, for diagnostic, uh, for diagnosis and diagnostic tools. You know, there's so much innovation that has come up and uh, it's very heartening to see that uh, uh, and some of these has come from startups. Uh, some of these have come from established companies um, and it's it's fantastic to really see this. Uh, we've also seen innovation in business models, uh, you know, how uh, businesses have completely pivoted, have taken on new things, have, have challenged themselves, have really gained new customer base have expanded the business beyond the geography that they were early on playing into. Um, so, you know, the use of technology is significantly accelerated and, and many, many new tools have been created and many local companies have created this new tool. So, you know, the, whether it's use of machine learning, AI, that is completely changing the landscape. And uh, also as a region, you know, uh, we have become more open to adopting technology uh, in this, this um, situation has actually forced us into adopting technology and has forced a lot of SMEs, a lot of small and medium-sized businesses to adopt technology and to move forward with times and, and to become more flexible and, uh, and, to, to, and to be more innovative. So uh, a lot of innovation uh, has happened and there's more to come. Definitely exciting. And um, like you just said, with with tough times, um, innovative, innovative solutions uh, do spark and, and, and the business community in Windsor-Essex has really stepped up. Uh, we do have a couple of questions that I want to address from the comments. If if you have a second, um, sure. uh Gupta is, is wondering how did you? We touched on this a little bit, but he's wondering how did you manage to step up to such leader to such a leadership role, and uh, was this journey difficult for you? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, thanks for that question. Well, you know, I'm very blessed. Uh, uh, I I 
had some great mentors uh, and uh, great colleagues. And uh, it all boils down to being sincere uh, to your goal in life. And coming from the space of, uh, you know, if you are blessed to be in a position, how can you make that work for the benefit of others and for the community? Um, so right from the beginning, you know, for me, it was about uh, whatever little skills I have, uh, can I use it not just for my own benefit, but can I use it for others? Uh, and can I use it for the benefit of the, of the community? Uh, so I picked jobs that actually took me in that direction. Um, and uh, it, it, it just worked out for me that uh, whatever job that I, I did, I started looking at what else can I do in, within that job so that I can have a larger impact. And I guess that was uh, recognized and uh, one thing led to another. And uh, I was blessed to uh, actually move into Windsor Essex, uh, you know, good uh, 16, 17 years back and worked with great organizations here, with great colleagues, with great uh, um, supervisors, uh, great uh, mentors uh, who believed uh, in me and gave me an opportunity. So uh, this is a great place. Windsor is a great place. And uh, you know, uh, people who spend time here uh, and who uh, are sincere to their life goals and put in the effort, they'll succeed. Excellent. And and those, those watching, uh, Rakesh is also, the uh, interim CEO at the Windsor Essex Economic Development Corporation and the COO, the former COO. So he's had many roles um, throughout Windsor Essex and um, we're glad to have him in the community. Rakesh, I do have one last question for you. It comes from Rick St. Dennis. And it's, what is the plan to first protect, to first protect and preserve the jobs we have now? Yeah, so, you know, it is about, uh... So we're moving in from a time when we were in lockdown under huge restriction um, to slowly reopening. Uh, and as you know, that we are in the red zone uh, from there, hopefully, you know, everything goes in the right direction and we get to a phase of reopening and from there to recovery. So it's about how do we really first make sure that whatever are our sectors, you know, we have several sectors in which we have strength uh, how do we really bring our sectors back to pre-covid level because a lot of these and i'll, I'll tell you these sectors are, are manufacturing uh there's agribusiness there's food processing there's logistics and transportation and there are others uh, education sector uh, the growing it sector all of these sectors are job creators all of these sectors employ thousands and thousands of people. We want to make sure that you know these sectors are back on track and we save as many jobs as possible and we bring this sector to a pre-COVID level uh, and that won't happen overnight, it'll take some time. But as these sectors come back, uh, we will see that our employment uh, level go up, our unemployment level go down. Uh, and as we continue working on innovating, as we continue driving down uh, the business cost, as we continue to uh, leverage you know, the, the market that uh, we have access to, and that's not just Canada, but uh, outside of Canada, you know, we have a huge uh, North American access uh, and, and Canada's done really well in terms of uh, signing a lot of free trade agreements. So for businesses, you know, the, the market is now a significant uh, international market exists. So our companies, how we can help them in now uh, increasing their 
market access to countries outside of Canada. I think those things, uh, in addition to ensuring that we keep our businesses uh, efficient, uh, we have we keep the the cost of doing business low. Uh, those things are going to be really really important. Uh, it's about uh, keeping the cost low, uh, finding opportunities to you know to gain market share, uh, leveraging technology. Uh, all of this is super important uh, for us to, uh, to, you know, to get back to pre-COVID level. And uh, we are actually, you know, the, the, the Chamber of Commerce is actually uh, helping businesses in those areas. Uh, we have a, a program called TAP, which is um, a trade acceleration program where we're giving a great deal of uh, support, uh, training and mentorship to companies that want to look at markets beyond uh, Canada. Uh, so there is that. Um, then there is a lot of other programs that we're offering so that we can uh, bring more efficiencies. Uh, there is a program where we partnered with CME, which is Canada, Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters, on how do you really improve the efficiency of your operation. So, um, you know, there are programs that the Chamber is offering, that the other, other partners in the region are offering. Uh, those things are going to be vital uh, for our businesses to take advantage of. And so that you know they can quickly get back to pre-COVID level, um, become more profitable, and as that happens, more employment creation will happen. Uh, once we are in that, we go back to that uh, point. Um, I'm sure from there, you know, diversification is going to continue to be important, and we'll get back to a very solid state. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Rakesh. And and to leave us off on this on this conversation, why Windsor Essex? Why should somebody continue to stay here, fresh out of university, fresh out of college? Why should they continue to work in Windsor Essex? Well, it's it's a great place. Um, you know, you have the best of both worlds. It, it's it's a place where uh, small city, mid city. Uh, this region is you know uh, considered to be a place where uh, you can go from point A to point B in in 15, 20 minutes. So so it has the advantages of a small town, yet you have access to a, a large city, which is right next door to us. With that comes a huge access to market. So, you know, for people that are looking at staying here, uh, whether you want to, you know, to get started, uh, have your own business, it's a huge opportunity. And many people, you know, it's, it's actually a myth uh, that people actually have bought into that, oh, you know, you have to be a large business for you to export. Uh, and it's not necessarily true. So if you are someone that is interested in starting your venture, you, you can be a startup and yet be able to tap, you know, the huge market that exists, uh, you know, down south. Uh, so so that, I would say, is, is a huge, huge opportunity. Uh, and I talked about cost of living. Um, look, you know, there may be a little bit more opportunity in a larger city. For example, if someone is looking for a job in GTA, maybe there is more jobs, but then, you know, you have to deal with, uh, if you earn $5,000, but you have to spend say $3,000 on your rent and the other living cost, uh, compare that to maybe earning a little bit less here, maybe 4,000 here, but you pay only about 1,500 for the rent and other costs. So, you know, you're better off uh, being here uh, and taking advantage of the opportunities that, that I mentioned about, but also, you know, saving a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, with a small uh, community comes the opportunity to, uh, to tap uh, a lot of resources. You know, you, you get to know a lot more people here. Uh, there is more uh, connection uh, between people. 
we have a diversity of population that you can tap into and that has its own advantages. Uh, the whole ecosystem, which consists of a of lot of different organizations uh, that are here to support uh, people that are just graduating and that want to be entrepreneurs, uh, these things are there and you can easily access them. Uh, while you know some would argue, yeah, the, some of these things are available in other places in larger cities as well, I would say yes, but the way to access it, access it isn't that easy. And secondly, when you make connections, when you have personal connections in a place, in a smaller place like this, uh, you are better able to, you know, to access these programs and succeed. Uh, you have better access to mentors. You've, uh, you have access to people who have succeeded, and you can learn a lot from that. So, small city, uh, small region advantages are several, uh, but we have a large city and a large market right next door to us. So, we have the best of both worlds. Yes, yes, I, I can't agree with you more, Rakesh. Uh, thanks so much for, for sharing that information with us. And um, to those that did ask questions on the show, thank you for, for tuning in and taking the time to be with us. Rakesh, thanks for connecting. And I, I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thank you. Uh, pleasure. And uh, looking forward to your next show and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. And those watching, please stay safe. We'll see you next time. Take care.